Hey y'all, this is Dana from DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services coming in with breaking news. I uh, just received the information regarding the Supreme Court's decision that we've all been waiting for on student loan debt relief. It was struck down. Uh, so we will go over that uh, in today's uh, episode and how that will affect students and their families going forward. Before I begin, I would just like to say thank you very much for joining me on today's show. I uh, have been working in this field, the financial student loan financial aid field, for almost 17 years now. And prior to that, I was a paralegal at a prestigious law firm here in New Hampshire. Uh, and I also had uh, quite an extensive banking background before I landed into the field of student loans. So as everybody knows, um, or should be familiar with, um, during the 2022 campaign, President Biden and Secretary of Education came up with a plan or a proposal called Student Loan Debt Relief. And it was going to relieve at least $20,000 of student loan debt uh, was the proposal. Now there were a lot of students that I'm sorry to say were deceived by this proposal. Um, the majority of us that work in the industry and have a legal background uh, knew that the proposal that the president put forward with the Secretary of Education uh, was not legal based on our U.S. Constitution. You cannot have an overreach in in executive powers and go past Congress and try to uh, eliminate the amount of debt and put a burden on the taxpayer. You, you, that's not the way our government is set up. This has nothing to do. I just want to put it out there. While this was a proposal during a political election, this decision has nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with politics at all. So I want everybody to take a step back before they start throwing up their hands and saying that this is all political and it has to do with the, you know, the right and the left. No, this has nothing to do with that as far as the decision goes. The decision is made, was made, based on the facts of the case in our U.S. Constitution. And what the president was trying to do was basically through an executive order go above and beyond Congress. And that is not the way, again, our government is set up. It wasn't, it wasn't meant to be set up that way. And so this was a gross overreach of his, his executive power that he has. So 
going forward, what this means is, is that student loans are going to go into repayment. Now, there has been a couple of uh, months thrown around. Uh, one's, one month is August. The next month or the other month is um, October. I'm going to make sure I research and confirm. But right now, I, I am almost positive that the repayments will begin in October. And the reason for that is, is because with this decision, I, I'm going to be totally honest with y'all, as I always am. The Department of Education thought that this was going to be approved. So they have not established the repayment centers as of yet. So now they were going to be scurrying during the summer months that we have left before the actual uh, October date comes around uh, to get these uh, repayment uh, set up and, and put and implemented. The other thing I want to point out as well is that there has been a number of students who were in default status and went on to get additional loans through the Fresh Start initiative. I want you to understand that those individuals, those students who were in default status and got additional loans in the Fresh Start under Fresh Start initiative. At this point in time, there is a very good possibility this whole Fresh Start initiative that is also going to end up going to the wayside and the default statuses will have to be updated in order to be able to receive additional loans and this is the way it has always been prior to this whole time period that we've had to deal with with COVID-19 uh, overrides uh, the pause on payment student loan payments that went far too long and also with regards to um, the, the Fresh Start initiative. It always was that if you were a student that had wanted to go back to school and obtain additional loans that you are eligible to receive through the Title IV programs, the attending schools that are eligible to receive the department's funds through the Title IV po program, that you would have to make those uh, defaulted loans into good standing. And so you would have to call your loan servicer and figure out how that would come to be. Sometimes you have to make six consecutive months of payments. Uh, sometimes you just do a flat settlement. I've seen that where you just do a flat settlement for a portion of the amount that you owe. They call it good and then you're good to go. Uh, so, for all of you that are listening today and that may find yourself in that boat, it's better to contact your loan servicer and take care of the matter than to let it just sit there and fester. I, I'm just going to put it out there because of the fact that this ruling is not saying that you're not going to be assisted if you are in that situation. That's not what this ruling is saying. 
nor is the ruling saying that those um, students who had loans out under the public uh, service, um, there was a the public service forgiveness. So those for those nurses, the uh, doctor, I mean, the yeah, nurses, and I think there were doctors under that. And I think there was also, um, I know for sure that there's police and um, EMTs. I believe all of those covered from that. But I will do further research just to update myself. But I, it, it's called public loan service forgiveness. And that's for all of those folks that um, basically went to school to become police officers or nurses. And they, uh, you know, were out there um or an r out there on the front lines and they were uh signed up for that forgiveness and this was way before uh covid and and it overrides and also uh, the mention of this uh plan of student loan debt forgiveness so so they were already covered um and i would i would highly suggest that they contact their loan servicers just to, just to sign up uh if you haven't already signed up um, but I wanted to come in today uh, just to, because we've been waiting for this announcement forever and a day, and I kind of knew that this was going to be one of the last decisions to come out before of the summer session, but um, I, I, as promised, I had been promising y'all I'd come in with it. Um, the, other, the other thing I want to touch on briefly, because the last episode I had put out on May 11th was all regards to... You know, we were waiting for the budget to pass and the budget finally passed. There were some modifications in there, but it did not uh, reduce the um, student loan aid for the 2023-2024 award year that begins tomorrow. Now, a lot of us have already been processing, processing files and auditing files for the 2023-2024 award year. Uh, it officially begins tomorrow, and today, the 2022-2023 award year officially is ending. Now, what that means is, is that um, as of today, this is the last day that anyone can complete the 2022-2023 FAFSA. To be quite honest, if you haven't completed it by now, unless you started in April, May, or June, and you know for a fact that you are Pell eligible for the 2022-2023 award year, and you're in a program, a career school program, such as a 1,500-hour clock year, and you're going to graduate prior to June 30th of 2024, get it done today. Otherwise, Make sure you do not graduate until the 2024-2025 award year starts, and that will be on July 1st of 2024, okay? That way you can get all of the aid that's due. But today does end being able, is the um, end date that folks, students can complete the 2022-2023 FAFSA, okay? Now, going forward, 
we will be still able to award if the 2022-2023 FAFSA was completed and an ICER has been received by the institution that you are planning on attending. Make sure that the aid that you're going to be receiving, everything has to be completed. All of the verification items, if you uh, need to complete state identity and statement of educational purpose forms, because as of today also, the whole verification override for 2022-2023 has ended. So as of tomorrow and going forward, if those files that were selected for verification were not verified, the override for COVID is done again as of today and verifications will need to go forward on those files if they are planning on being utilized and therefore processed through the system. School owners, if you're listening, please take note of that and tell your financial aid advisors that that is happening so that you don't get an audit finding for non-completion of verification because you thought the override, the COVID override extended beyond, okay? Extended beyond the June 30th, 2023 date. Okay, so that is the latest and greatest information I have for you all. Um, I did also wanna point out that I posted recently um, a post regarding uh, some audit findings that I have been coming across on files. Uh, and this should be of interest to everybody because the students and the parents are providing the information that I am reviewing to complete their loan application file, their financial aid file. And there is a lot of information that, let me just say this. There have been quite a few files coming through that have been manipulated. Manipulation of files is an offense that if it continues through the audit process could very well cause an institution to lose their Title IV aid. And so I just wanna put it out there that the next uh, podcast that I will be uh, hosting, the next episode is gonna be all about the manipulation findings that I've been finding. So the file manipulation audit findings that I have been discovering, I will be going through in my next episode on my podcast um, to get a little preview of it. Uh, check out my LinkedIn page under Dana Anderson, and that's D-A-I-N-A Anderson. And I also have a uh, page on Facebook under DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services, LLC. And I also have um, a, a page that business owners, uh, school owners, financial aid advisors, if you're interested, compliance officers, you can follow on LinkedIn and that's under Financial Aid Compliance Solutions. So having said all that, I uh, actually need to run along because I have to run to an appointment. I want to thank you all very much for, again, listening and supporting this podcast. It's my privilege to be able to 
provide the information to all of you um, that I am seeing on a day-to-day -day basis, try to provide clarification as to why items are requested, and also to bring everybody the factual information that is coming down from our government and the branch of the United States Department of Education as far as higher education funding goes. So thank you again. I want to wish everybody a very happy 4th of July holiday. And again, thank you very much. Stay safe and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye.